For Pacifica Radio, I'm Eileen Alfandari. President Biden has signed Juneteenth into law as the nation's newest federal holiday. Most of the country's more than 2 million federal workers will get a paid day off today. The nation's first black vice president, Kamala Harris, was at Biden's side as he signed the legislation. Mary Sherman reports. Vice President Kamala Harris stood beside President Joe Biden as he signed a bill creating Juneteenth National Independence Day, commemorating the end of slavery. Juneteenth has been known by many names. Jubilee Day, Freedom Day, Liberation Day, Emancipation Day, and today, a national holiday. On June 19, 1865, in Gavelston, Texas, a general delivered news of the Emancipation Proclamation, which had been signed more than two years earlier. Federal employees were given today off work in observance. For Pacifica Network and Public News Service, I'm Mary Sherman. The Democratic-led House of Representatives, with the backing of President Biden, has voted to repeal the 2002 authorization for use of military force in Iraq. Oakland Congresswoman Barbara Lee said the vast majority of current House members weren't even in the Congress when lawmakers approved what's known as the AUMF, allowing then-President Bush to go to war against Iraq. The Bush administration, yes, misled the American people by saying there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, that Iraq posed an imminent threat, and by drawing a false connection between the tragic events of 9-11 and Saddam Hussein. Those lies and misinformation had deadly consequences. The mistakes continue to haunt us today. Our endless war continues costing trillions of dollars and thousands of lives in a war that goes way beyond any scope that Congress conceived or intended. The vote to repeal the War Powers Resolution was 268 to 161. 49 Republicans joined the Democratic majority. One Democrat, Elaine Luria of Virginia, voted no. Lee says the 2001 resolution to fight terrorism, which was passed by lawmakers after the September 11th attacks, should be repealed also. It has been used by a series of presidents to engage the U.S. in military conflicts around the globe without congressional authorization. Palestinians protested after Friday prayers at the Al-Aqsa Mosque compound in Jerusalem. They briefly clashed with Israeli police. Police, though, refrained from entering the compound and appeared to act with more restraint than earlier this spring, possibly on the orders of Israel's newly sworn-in government. Still, health officials said two Palestinians were wounded by rubber-coated steel bullets and a third by a thrown stone. The Palestinian protest was a response to a rally held by right-wing Jewish ultranationalists on Tuesday in occupied East Jerusalem. Dozens had chanted death to Arabs and may your village burn. Online video showed some of the ultranationalists denigrating the Prophet Muhammad. In Gaza, Israeli airstrikes hit Hamas targets once again last night after Palestinians launched incendiary balloons into southern Israel to respond to the ultranationalist march in East Jerusalem. Seattle police arrested 10 protesters at the port. They had blocked an Israeli-owned Zim vessel from unloading its cargo. The blockade by about 150 protesters followed a similar action in Oakland earlier this month. Seattle City Councilmember Kashama Sawant joined the protest. Palestinian labor unions have called on their supporters around the world to refuse dealings with Israeli companies. Solidarity groups say the Zim refused a request by the Seattle port operator to leave and is asking the city's mayor to intervene. 
As baking heat in large parts of California continues for another day, the state's electric grid operator has called another flex alert for this evening from 6 to 9 p.m., asking Californians to keep thermostats to 78 degrees and not run major appliances. Portions of the state will experience temperatures into the 100 degrees. Palm Springs yesterday tied an all-time high temperature of 123 degrees. Governor Gavin Newsom signed an emergency declaration that would free up additional power if needed. Brian Ferguson is with the State Office of Emergency Services. His remarks emailed to reporters. We're trying to do everything we can to keep the power on. We are just at the beginning of summer, and certainly we have a number of challenges that we're looking at. The heat wave is afflicting much of the western U.S. Zambia's first president, Kenneth Kaunda, has died at the age of 97. Zambian President Edgar Lungo announced the country will hold 21 days of mourning. Kaunda was a leader of the campaign that ended British colonial rule. He led the country until 1991 when he was defeated in an election following the introduction of multi-party politics. During his rule, Kaunda made Zambia a center for anti-colonial groups fighting to end white minority rule in southern African nations, including Angola, Mozambique, Namibia, South Africa, and Zimbabwe. I'm Eileen Alfandari for Pacifica Radio.